What's going on? Happy Monday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds has been your daily home for live post-game shows on YouTube after every single Reds game all season long and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented as always by Bedfred Sportsbook. Well, the Reds on Sunday had their home finale at Great America Ballpark. Reds trying to avoid being swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Good crowd on hand on Sunday, 31,191. Pushed the season total over 2 million, the most for the Reds since 2015. And in the bottom of the second, Joey Votto came to the plate. What could be his final game with the Reds at Great America Ballpark. And Votto got a huge ovation. Lasted over a minute uh, until Votto himself called it off saying, I got to go. Take it at bat, folks. Brandon Williamson got the start for the Reds. He went four and a third innings pitched. Four hits, two earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Williamson struggled with his command a little bit earlier in the game. Uh, settled down and pitched pretty well for a couple innings but did get pulled when he got in a jam in the fifth. Reds, of course, had a must-win situation. Uh, couldn't really mess around with that. Williamson probably would have gone a little bit longer under di- different circumstances. But the Reds were getting no hit through five innings and trailed 2-0. But Jonathan India led off the sixth with a single, and then T.J. Friedel homered for a third straight day, his 17th home run of the year. And that tied the game up at two. And in the bottom of the seventh, it was the same guys. Jonathan India doubled with two outs. And TJ Friedel singled him home to put the Reds up three to two. TJ Friedel in this series against the Pirates reached base 12 of 14 times. Bottom of the eighth, the Reds got some huge insurance. Christian Encarnacion Strand smacked his 11th home run of the year to make it 4-2. Later on in that inning, Joey Votto singled in what very well might have been his last at-bat as a right at Great America Ballpark. Votto was lifted for a pinch runner to another roaring ovation. And the Reds' bullpen, well, as bad as they've been all week, they were great on Sunday. Five and two-thirds scoreless innings, a vintage 2023 Cincinnati Reds' bullpen performance. David Bell even went to Alexis Diaz in the eighth inning against the heart of the Pirates order. Uh, He was shaky. He walked two batters, but he did get the job done. And then uh, Ian Jabot got the save. Not sure if it was planned or not. Diaz had to throw 24 pitches to get through that inning. But nonetheless, Ian Jabot was steady like he's been almost all of this season. Got the save. Reds win 4-2, and Reds get win number 80 on the season. Here's what Joey Votto had to say after the game. Joey, we don't know what the future holds, but we know the possibilities. What are your emotions right now? You're being very dramatic right now. <laughs> That's what I do. It's part of the gig. It was, it was a good win today. But thank you, everyone, for the support. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I, um, I, 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 don't, I don't expect that sort of thing. And... Um, for for you to uh, stop me in the track uh, stop me in my tracks stop the game it means a great deal to me so uh, thank you you, you 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 almost had me crying
no, no. I, I, I almost cry. You know, like there's no crying in baseball. And um, no, it, 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 it truly, I'm speechless, and it, it meant so much. Uh, that moment was really special to me. I, um, I, you know, it's a good win, good team win to get. That's what we're here for, to give you that. We're going to fight all the way to the very end of the season. This team is tenacious. This team is tenacious. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how badly this team wants to play for you all. They love it here. They love representing this city. And I've been able to do it for 17 years. What a tremendous honor so far. And uh, five more games to go, we're gonna try to give it to you. So stay with us. Uh, you, we will, we'll fight to the very end. So thank you so much, thank you. Without being too dramatic, what was it like at least your last at bat in this game, base hit? I was, I was, you know, I got to do my job. <laughs> I got to do my job. So um, in, in, in my head, I was just up there competing. It's what I've wanted to do since I was a little boy. It's what I'm doing as a little boy adult you know um, it's all it's all I want to do I, I love to compete I wake uh, in anticipation of, of that first pitch in the game I, I love it I can't tell you how much I love what I do and I can't tell you how much it means to play in front of everyone here in Cincinnati as a red uh, what a gift what a tremendous gift so thank you thank you the um, injury last year was very difficult, and coming back from it was um, uh, not easy. And it's you know it's it's a process. Um, but I'm proud that I didn't I didn't cut any corners. Um, I play every day with the combination of of, of intensity and and preparation. Um, I, I this is the very best I can do. This is the very best I can do given um, um, what challenges I've been presented and or what, that have been presented to me, and then um, you know, kind of the stage in my career, sort of thing. So um, this is, and I'm proud of that. I, I have not cut a single corner, and I'm proud of continuing to give it my very all. Joe, what's a standing ovation like? Are you able to kind of slow down time and absorb it? It's funny. I so it, it ended up going a little bit longer than um, than I'm used to, and that was great. Thank you. I couldn't. I, I can't. Uh, again, I'm, I'm speechless. But I know so many people in the crowd. So many people. I mean, I've crossed paths with probably maybe a majority of the crowd, whether through a fan, our fan fest, signing autographs, seeing them in the stands, seeing them on the streets. I'm in this community, you know, in all in lots of different ways, and so I'm familiar with a lot of people in the stands. And so, you know, there was a moment where I said, "I got to go hit," and because I have that relationship with so many people that that come to the game, that we're in all likelihood at today's game. Uh, it was my way of being playful, like, thank you, but, you know, sort of thing. And I hope they took it that way because I could have soaked that in forever. It was, it was an honor of all honors. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm again, humbled, 
humbled. I, I don't expect that. You know, there's a part of you that thinks, you know, I've played a long time, may, maybe, but you have to move forward and, and move on to the next thing and what's next. And sometimes, sometimes you get stopped in your tracks. Sometimes you get stopped in your tracks. And that's, that's our fans. That's baseball's fans. That's the Reds fans, you know, saying, hey, hey, hey we want to say something to you. And, um, you know, I, I very nearly, um, you know, uh, cried. And again, I, I, um, I was so focused on competing that I, I wasn't there quite, quite there emotionally, but because it took so long, I almost got there. So, um, yeah, it was a spectacular moment for me. It was, it was as special as it gets. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thank the fan base. I thank today's fans that, that came to the ballpark, the signs, the well wishes, the, the comments. And then, of course, the standing ovation. It was, it was very meaningful. And here's Reds manager, David Bell. I, I, they couldn't have showed their appreciation any better. It was all organic, nothing planned, you know, because obviously we don't, nobody knows what the future holds. So um, it was just so nice to be a part of. I, as a fan, like you said, I think we all felt like that in the dugout. It was emotional, you know, seeing a, a player appreciated and a player appreciating the fans back like that. That's what it's all about. And, you know, I, we all know what kind of fans we have here, but uh, I thought it was just a really special moment showing the connection between our team and our fans a great player who you know, deserves everything uh, being appreciated by the fans. It was just uh, a beautiful moment. It was, you know, knowing Joey really, you know, as well as we all do, uh, you know, I think it was emotional for a lot of the people, uh, a lot of our players, staff, myself, you know, being in the dugout watching that was, uh, it was just a beautiful moment. And again, it was nothing planned out so it was just kind of in, you know in the moment trying to <clears throat> make decisions and uh, our fans certainly uh, deserve that and uh, there's no question Joe did too so um, yeah I don't know I don't know if they would have done it in the normal game but uh, it made sense uh, there and it, you know Joey the best part of it is uh, he's just locked in trying to help our, our team win that's all his focus is and uh, for him to be able to stop for a moment and uh, you know, be appreciated like, like he deserves to. And, and, uh, just, I love the interaction between he and the fans. It's just, uh, it's, nobody knows what the future holds. So every time we can appreciate this very moment we're in, um, it's, it's, a, it's a special human moment. So I'm really happy to be a part of it. And here's one of the hottest players in baseball, TJ Friedel. I mean, to see him go through what he's been through with his shoulder and you know especially this year early on going through rehab and you know pushing it to get back to us like fighting insanely hard to get back to this team to help us make a push like we're doing right now um you know obviously everything he's done on the field is incredible but what he's meant to the locker room to this team especially this year with how young this group is um, you know, I still remember so vividly in, in the sauna. I think it was like right before we went on that 12 game win streak. Um, we were sub 500 and he was spending some days here rehabbing. And, uh, I remember he was just like, he looked at us and he was like, get back to 500. Um, I'm coming, you know, we got some young guys coming up. Um, 
He's like, get back to 500 and we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna roll. And, and from that moment, you think all of us were kind of like, you know, we got some, we got some reinforcement coming. Like, let's, let's do what we can right now. I mean, right after that, we got back to 500 within like two weeks of him saying that. And then, you know, we got some, we got some help out and, and, uh, just been going since then. But, you know, his, his locker room presence, um, just having someone to be able to pick his brain of what he's done for 17 years at this level for 17 years like it's insane and and you know you just try the best you can to take little bits and pieces of information from a guy like that and apply it to yourself whenever you can there were feel good moments today you had your moments it's a win tough week mm. obviously it's just one day but how much does that room need today it's, it's huge after three tough games coming down the stretch here you know, it's at this point it's fighting for inches. You know, you're you're fighting and clawing for anything that you can get. Um, and so, you know, going into the hole two zero, it's, it's not foreign to us. Like we we've seen that many times. You know, there was no there's no quit. You know, it's after games like last night. Um, then you go down two zero on a Sunday day game. It's so easy to just kind of roll over and say that's it. Like yesterday was tough, and now we're down again. And that's just not this team. It's, we've never done that once this year, and not one. I mean, even last night, right? Like it was thirteen to nine, and we had the tying run on base in the bottom of the ninth. And, and that's just not in our DNA. That's, that hasn't been in our DNA all year. That's not who we are. You know, we're gonna fight until the very last time. Like Joey said on the field after the game, you know, these last five games, it's we're gonna go with everything we have. And whatever happens, happens, but we're gonna do everything that we can every single day to put ourselves in the best possible situation. TJ Friedel's two run home run at 105.8 off the bat went 407 feet, and it was our deep drive of the day, sponsored by Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. Well, the Reds did not get any help at all on Sunday. Cubs, Marlins, and Diamondbacks all won. So the standings sit at this on Monday morning. In the NL wildcard race, the Philadelphia Phillies continue to hold the first wildcard spot. They have a commanding five-game lead. And then it's the Arizona Diamondbacks in the second spot. They have a half-game lead on the Chicago Cubs, who hold the third and final wildcard spot. The Marlins are one game behind the Cubs, and the Reds are two and a half games behind the Cubs. And then it's actually the Padres and Giants at five games back. So uh, pretty well, uh, their elimination number is down to two for both of those teams. So Reds, two and a half behind the Cubs, three behind the Arizona Diamondbacks, five games to play for the Reds, seven games to play for the Diamondbacks, six games to play for the Cubs and Marlins. Fangraph's playoff odds stand as this as I record this. Diamondbacks 83.3%, Cubs 59.7%, Marlins 48.4%. Reds, they're actually still at 8%. Might feel a little higher than some people think. Uh, and then the Giants are all the way down to 0 0.5%. All right, well, here is myself and Trace Fowler 
as we do after every single Reds game, talking about Sunday's win on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. Nick, uh, my apologies for not being here yesterday. We'll probably get to that in a little bit. I'm not sure where to start this show off because I think there's a lot to say. How you say it eloquently, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'll just butcher my way through this show and try to say things that I mean as I go on. But uh, first and foremost, on September 24th, which is when this show is occurring, the Cincinnati Reds do win 4-2. to They avoid being swept by the Pirates. Season's not um, officially dead as much as people might want to... Um, Cast it as that, and certainly it feels like that, Nick. Uh, it's not dead. I mean, it just, if they go undefeated the rest of the way out, you could argue they have a chance, but the way this team's been playing, I don't know if anyone expects that. But nonetheless, I guess your thoughts that you had a day to sleep on the worst loss um, in, a, in a really, really long time? I, I don't know. I, I gave it all I had last night. I don't know if I got anything else left to say about that. That game last night, uh, the only thing I would say is uh, I'm glad that I had about two innings to kind of gather myself because if that would have happened like in the eighth and ninth, I, I don't think I could have done it, to be honest. It was uh, it was pretty demoralizing, but a couple innings got it in me. We found a way. Craig helped me power through, and we did it. So here we, we are. Did, we did do it. Uh, I know many people probably aren't listening right this second because Joey Votto's talking on the postgame show. Certainly, I, I expect to probably go back and listen to that that in full, it's just, uh, it's cool, I guess. You know, I mean, you watch a guy your whole life, and uh, this is it, man. This is it. And I know that, um, not to get emotional about it, but at the same time, you watch your life go by, and you realize there's probably only so many generational players that you're going to get to witness play for your franchise. He's one of them. He's been great. He's been excellent. He's been everything that you'd want in a leader. He's been everything that you could want for a, a guy that you signed for a really long time and with a lot of money. He produced during many, 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 many bad seasons for this franchise. And uh, overall, he's been a class act. And I don't know if there's really anything else to say other than that Joey Votto is just a pro. He's a pro's pro. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. I think he's the best Reds hitter uh, in, in, the, in the franchise history. I know that's to be debated. I understand there's many great players that played in this organization, but at the end of the day, JV19 holds a special place in a lot of people's heart in this city, and I, I just hopeful and I'm thankful more than anything that uh, we all got a chance to really understand what all this was. And um, it's certainly showing itself here. Yeah, well said. Uh yeah, I mean, I was a uh, Joey Votto helped me become a bigger Reds fan, and uh, I probably wouldn't be doing a show like this if it wasn't for a player like Joey Votto that you know kind of helped you just, I guess, cultivate your your fandom. Yeah, Joey Votto was uh, one of the first players when I kind of started getting out of college and really started getting invested in the Reds. He was the Reds' best player for almost the entire time from there until now. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess the one thing, it's it really just kind of cool to see him kind of help usher in this next wave of, of Reds talent that's really, really good and really, really special and, and should give Reds fans every reason to be as excited about the future as I think as we've ever been. You know, it's been tough, Nick, because I think we're in a spot here where we've put so much time, effort, energy talking about the postseason 
that it's consumed us, and rightfully so. That's why you play. This is professional sports. You don't get participation trophies. There's no hey, you did good. Let's 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 all you know get around and throw a parade for for winning 20 more games than you were supposed to, and yada yada yada. Yet at the same time, when you think about what the season's meant, what it's looked like, what you expect moving forward, you have a lot of guys on this team that you really feel confident in moving forward, no matter how this whole thing plays out. And I think that's important to discuss. And that doesn't mean we're trying to be cop-outs and say, you know, the season didn't matter if they made the postseason or not. You're damn, you're damn right. It still matters. I mean, they have a chance to get in. Let's keep winning games. They're not dead yet. They got to win out, though. It feels like they got to win out because I think that the teams that they're that they're chasing – have already helped us, uh, if that makes sense. I don't know how much more help we could possibly get. You know, the Cubs went three and ten or three and seven in their last ten games. They were terrible. They do have the Braves and the and the Brewers coming up, but again, not to get too crazy into the weeds of the, the in the in the weeds of all this, Nick. But the the Brewers probably aren't going to be you know gung ho trying to throw you know their best arms at the Cubs. They're going to be getting themselves ready for that three game. Uh, wild card series that they're going to have to play. So you find yourself in a position where you, you got to hope the Marlins stumble against the Mets or Pittsburgh. And that's just tough to see, but the Mets and Pittsburgh, as crazy as it sounds, they've been, despite their record, they've been playing pretty well lately. Um, and then you, you know, the D backs are probably a, a long shot at this point. And then you have the Cubs who, who you have the tiebreaker over. So uh, maybe the Cubs lose, you know, I don't know, five of the next six or four of the next six, and, and you and you and you went out and you find yourself in the postseason. But it feels like you gotta win out. So until they lose one more game, I don't think I'll officially call it dead in regards to the postseason hopes, Nick. Um but I think we're to a point now where I at least want to get on track and at least say I appreciate a lot of the guys that we're gonna have next year, and TJ Friedel's one of them. I tweeted out earlier, but you know T.J. Friedel last year in the second half had an incredible second half. It, it was really cool because he came up to start the year. He kind of came up as a filler guy when the Reds had all those injuries in April 2022, which feels like it was a million years ago. And he looked really bad. He did not look like a big league player. Looked like a guy that could just bunt and you know have a little speed and was kind of a cute little player. But that was about it. I uh, went down to AAA, worked on his his craft, and came back, and he was an awesome player in the second half. And there was a lot of people that that wrote him off like that. Eh, that was the second half on a losing team, you know. And, and I'm not saying those people necessarily were completely wrong, but a lot of people wrote that off as it doesn't really mean anything. And he proved that it did mean something because uh, he's been awesome this year. I think he's up to like 4.2 wins above replacement. Like that's a really, really good player. Now I don't know if he can replicate that level next year, but he, he just has so many different ways he can beat you. He he has 17 home runs. He has 17 bun hits. He's got speed. He plays good defense. He's just the kind of player that you want on your team. He's uh he he's the without being like a, a star, he's like the complete package at the same time. And and he's he's absolutely earned a right to uh to be the Reds' starting center fielder on opening day 2024, uh, and that's cool to see. That was our goal coming to this year. And I tell you what, Trace, I was thinking about this today. Our goal was really let's have guys that fill out positions. There's there's more positions that I think that are filled out than aren't filled out right now on this team. I think Noel V. Marte is my third baseman. Ellie De La Cruz is 
as bad as he's been late, he's sure as hell still my shortstop. I think Matt McClain's my second baseman. I think Christian Encarnacion Strand's my first baseman. I think TJ Friedel's my center fielder. Will Benson's definitely a platoon outfielder. Jake Fraley's a platoon out. I mean, that's the whole team almost, right? So that that is definitely a positive of, of this season is that you have a, a roster that you feel pretty confident about. Now, you can improve, certainly. You could bump someone out and put even a better person in that spot. But none of those guys you feel bad about, and that's a really, really cool development this season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and what, what more is there to say about the young core? That's that's probably why I'm the most excited about this team is this that they look like gamers. They look like guys you'd want to you'd 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 want to go to war with, or you'd want to go to meaningful games with. Whatever analogy or term you'd like to use, uh, T.J. Friedel, if nothing else, this weekend's proved proved that he's got a little he's got a little you know. I don't want to say clutch gene in him, but he's got a little, he's got a little it factor uh, when it comes to meaningful moments. And you know whether that was a fluke um, or not, we'll we'll come to find out hopefully. But uh, you just the, the the tough thing forecasting is that you just never know. You know, one thing that I think could tremendously help this team out would be if if Tyler Stevenson could figure out a way out to be a little bit better defensively. Again, I don't trust that. I don't know if that's in the cards, but. But you're right. For the first time in a long time, I feel really good about the middle of the the middle of the diamond when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, whether that be Matt McLean and Ellie and TJ Friedel in center, or maybe something crazy happens and you know McLean ends up playing. We'll just say McLean ends up playing shortstop and they move Ellie to third or whatever it may be. I know Noelve is going to be a third, but maybe Noelve goes a short for all the people that are going to say, "Well, are you sure that you know Ellie's going to be the shortstop?" I don't know. I just know that at the end of it all, I do think that I do think that the Reds are very athletic up the middle, and I like that. I would love for us to have a little bit better defensive catcher, um, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, but again, as a reminder, the season's not dead. Let's just jump on India. He had a great game today. Kind of feels like that might. It, I don't know. I don't want to get into that today, to be honest with you. I kind of want to make keep it a simple show, but it's just uh, I'm glad to see that he had a good game and. And it's nice to it's just nice to finally see some of these guys play well when you know they're capable. They just have they've been missing for I don't know, a long time. I don't know what the right term to use is, but it feels like a long time. Some of these guys have just not come up. And I got one guy I want to talk about. I don't know when you want to talk about him in the show, but Jake Fraley is a guy we probably should discuss a little bit on. Um, but before we get to him, let's talk about India because I do I don't want to just gloss him over. He, he had a good he had a good day today. Yeah, he had a great day today. I mean, he was on base four times. Uh, that was really cool to see. I mean, he's looked really, really bad at the plate. Yeah, like the first two games, he looked pretty good coming back, and then since then, is 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 looked pretty lost. But I mean, he's coming back in a tough spot, trying to ramp back up in the middle of a a playoff chase. There's just so many of those guys for the Reds that that made this lineup struggle at times, and then some. They scored twelve runs one night and. It's just it's been a, it's been a, the office has been an absolute roller coaster in September. But there's been times where like okay they're they're okay, and then there's been times, man, they looked really bad, and there's been other times they look great. It's just it has been a absolute up and down. You have no idea what to expect in it, and it doesn't even really matter what pitcher they're facing. It doesn't matter if they're facing a garbage pitcher, a decent pitcher, a good pitcher. You really have absolutely no idea what to expect out of this lineup right now. It's been frustrating. Um... What makes yesterday really difficult to swallow is it, it was the game that I was screaming and yelling about for two weeks, and it finally happened. And 
you know, it's a shame because a lot of people that haven't watched this team all year long want to scream and yell about, rightfully so, the bullpen, and um, they were bad. I mean, what else is there to say? They were bad. Alexis Diaz was horrible. Alex Young didn't get it done. Fernando Cruz has been just nails all year long, and he comes in, he can't figure it out. And That one stings. Uh, we'll see if it ends up mattering, but I, I just kind of tell myself you got to let it go. You have to let it go. It's not going to change. Um, so that's what I said to myself this morning, and I'm still trying to do that as we speak. So uh, be will in the bullpen. Um Solid effort from Williamson again. I mean, another another start. I know he didn't go deep into the game, Nick, but he pitched well enough to give his team a chance to win, and I thought that David Bell's going to manage until they get one more loss, in my opinion. Like, it's Game 7 of the World Series every single day, and um, that's what he's going to do. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going we're gonna to find out. Not holding anything back. <laughs> No, I mean, he's going to pull starters really soon if he feels like they need some help, and he's just going to pray that somehow you, you get lucky and the bullpen can save the day again. All right, I'll poke the bear a little bit. Let's have a little fun on a Sunday. Brandon Williamson and Connor Phillips the last two days are why you don't trade for short-term help. That's what the Mariners did to get AUANU Suarez and Jesse Winker. That's why you don't blow the team up at the deadline or you don't even blow it up and it, like acquiring Jesse Winker and AUS Warners wasn't blowing the Seattle Mariners up but uh, that's a trade I guarantee you they wish they could have back right now because these two guys look like bona fide starting pitchers in the big leagues uh, so everyone wants to point to you didn't do this at the deadline look at Connor Phillips and uh, uh, look at Brandon Williamson look at Christian Encarnacion San and Spencer Steer those are both trades for short-term help and they weren't yeah. stars that they got back on the other end. It wasn't you weren't trading for elite players back. And yeah, I mean those are great pieces that for the Reds in the future. I, I just uh, I really don't want to go down this path of the whole trade deadline thing again because I just feel like it's a lost cause. I mean, what I'm gonna say might be controversial to some. I don't think it should be, but uh, this team just isn't ready yet. I mean, they're not good enough to do anything significant in the postseason. They're they're average offensively they got a gun uh maybe two or three arms in this bullpen that have thrown a little bit above their heads this year uh their starting pitching is a mess it's disgusting you cannot fix anything the starting pitching mess that they're in right now can't be fixed at the trade deadline one would argue it'd be hard to get fixed honestly in a, in a full off season you just can't plan for this many injuries when you're this thin from a starting pitching rotation standpoint and expect to be able to go and fix the problem. You just, there's no, it's, uh, I just, I feel like, uh, I feel like some people are standing outside of a house after a tornado came through and, and the house is just completely torn apart. And they're looking over at like the, the carpenters and the, and the tradespeople saying like, well, you can't fix it. Like, well, you can't get it fixed right now. And they're like, get it fixed, go in there and fix it. And you're just staring at them like, dude, I mean, I know you're emotional right now. I know you're emotional because the, the house is falling apart, but this isn't this isn't something that we can fix. And I I, I don't mean that as a negative. In fact, I, I think it's more of a positive, Nick, in my opinion, because if we're being honest with ourselves, again, this team is is got a lot of good pieces to it. They're just not there yet. They're not ready yet. And I hate to say that. I think they can make the postseason, which would be fun and awesome and hell, give us a chance. I I Listen, if if uh, if if you're gonna give me a free lottery ticket, you know, at the at the local convenience store, Nick, I'm gonna take the lottery ticket. 
But I also know when I scratch the, I scratch it off or whatever it is, then then there's a good chance it's probably not going to be worth a million dollars. In a way, that's kind of where I'm at with this team. I'll take I'll take the lottery ticket to get in the postseason, but we all fully well know if you watch this team long enough that we shouldn't be trading the future for for what a, a small chance to maybe get past the first round of the wild card, and that's not insignificant. I don't want to make it sound like it's insignificant. But you you know and I know, and I'm sure the chat, whether they like this or not, I don't know. None of us are going to be happy if this team doesn't win the last game of the year. It's just not going to happen. You can lie to yourself all you want. If th- Even if this team, let's just say, I'm going to throw out a hypothetical to you. Let's say this team made it to the NLCS. They were up three games to none, and they blew it. They <laughs> lost four games in a row. They lost four games in a row to get to the World Series. Do you are you going to tell me that the fan base is going to think that that's a great year? That there's going to be people screaming and yelling and saying that that we blew it and David Bell should be fired and that's just what fans do. And you know what we're fans too, but my main point is is like let's enjoy the rest of this year. It's not over yet. We're not dead yet, but let's not sit here and act like at the deadline. It just seems like I mean I, I hate to say this, but and I guess I'll say it cuz I mean it. I think if you're a person that screams and yells, it says that this team should have done something at the deadline to, to get to the postseason or, 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 to, or to do something of significance. You really don't know baseball that well. Now, I know that's a strong statement, but that's the truth. Go watch some playoff teams. Go, 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 watch, go watch the Orioles. Go watch the Rangers. Go watch the Braves. Go watch them for a week. Come back and watch the Reds. And you're going to be like, oh, well, there's a difference here. All right. I don't know how I got on that rant, but it was your fault, actually. Uh, it was I, your I think fault. That I got to be honest. September 24th, 2023, I think Trace just made his best analogy of the year. I think the lottery analogy, I don't know if, if we're, we might have to do, you know, we might have to do a, a, a Trace analogy <laughs> ranking at the end of the year. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know, know how I got on that that tangent there, but I mean that's just where we're at now. So, I love this team. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not quitting on them. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm just not going to quit on them. But I'm also not going to be naive here either. So, it, I, I, this team to me, as as a college basketball fan, this feels like the the mid major that's that that's made the tournament. I know the playoffs. I'm not like like they're being in the being at the end of the season in the race is like making the NCAA tournament as a 13 seed. Like, you kind of always know you don't really have a great chance of winning, but, hey, it happens. Like, it could happen. You could be the team that pulls off the upset. Someone does it every year. You know, why not us? All that kind of stuff. That's kind of how it's always felt to me. Um, and, and I hope next year maybe we're the the sixth seed, right? And then maybe the, the year after that, maybe we're the, the number one seed or the two seed, right? And I think that's kind of what we're, we're working towards. That's fair. But that's here nor there. Let's talk about number 19. Um, I said what I said earlier. I'm in every bit of it. I think that the times this year, you can be on both sides of the aisle. You can be on the, the camp that is uh, that is frustrated because Joey Votto just hasn't performed to the, to the, to the, to the, to the extent that you would like for him to, to uh, perform at, to feel good about him being in the lineup every single day. And then you can have the opposite viewpoint, which is that Joey Votto has been uh, an unbelievable ambassador for the Cincinnati Reds. 
and this is the final season, and sometimes you just got to bend your back a little bit and make exceptions because of all the people that deserve an exception, it probably is Joey Votto, and that's where we sit now. Um, there's five games left with Joey Votto in a uh, Reds uniform. Like it or not, that is what it is, and um, it's been a hell of a career, man. It's been a hell of a career, and um, it's a shame that the Reds haven't been able to win more games with him, and I think that ultimately... You know, for the folks that want to say, well, he hasn't won anything, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that, well, I don't think that has anything to do with Joey Votto. <laughs> Joey Votto, unfortunately, is only one person. He's uh, He's been incredible at his position, and if you want to make fun of his postseason stats, like I know some have, uh, I also think that's, that's relatively weak. The sample size is so small there that it's laughable to try to compare somebody's postseason stats uh, who's only had whatever 30 at bats or whatever it ends up being. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Joey Votto's career is a failure because he didn't win. Um, I think if he gets put on some really, really good teams, put it this way if Joey Votto is a rookie this year and he has the same career that he has with this group of guys that he's going that, that, that would be coming up through the system here in the next three or four years, uh, that's how much I believe in this group. Joe, uh, uh, Nick, I think that Joey Votto gets talked about the same way that quite honestly some of the greats have gotten. I'm not and I don't want to make this about the big red machine or anything like that, but I do think that he'd be talked about the same way that Joe Morgan and, and Johnny Bench and all these other guys would be talked about if he played on a team with those same type type of caliber players. Yeah, that was actually my thought. I was I would say if you uh swap Joey Votto and Tony Perez, the big red machine's not worse. I guarantee you that. Uh, Tony Perez was a Hall of Famer, uh, and, and yeah, he would have been completely viewed differently uh, by by some of those folks. But you know, we've tried all year to say it's 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 been challenging this year uh, to do a show every night where you're trying to talk about how you want the Reds to you know win and make the postseason and all those kind of things, while also still trying to uh, talk about a player that that me and you both love. Uh, and, and we've tried over and over again to say that Joey Votto deserves nothing but the utmost praise for even playing this year, regardless of even taking away the fact that he came up for several weeks and was, was really, really great. Just the fact that he played was remarkable that, that he went through a, a brutal rehab and, and was able to get back on this team and help this team. And you remember there was times where Joey Votto was in this lineup where the Reds had no other options. There wasn't, you know, a Noel V. Marte and a Christian Encarnacion straight on the bench, they were desperate for 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 anything. Um, and, and so I think he deserves all the praise in the world for coming back this year. Um, I, I think what he's done the last couple years has really been gravy. I think he, Joey Votto's career was was 2008 to 2019. Like, that was the career. And then he still had this incredible season in 2021 that was, uh, historic, and there's not players at 37 years old that do what he did in uh, in in uh, 2021, and then even to to have a uh, a few weeks of greatness this year um, was remarkable and and something I honestly didn't even really expect. So uh, yeah, I mean I think this is the last home game we'll ever see Joey Votto play for the Reds, and uh, really cool to see him go out on a single, uh, a, a nice clean single ripped up the middle. Got to go out for a pinch runner, get a little another standing ovation, uh, and he deserved every bit of it today. Well said, MILB. Uh, you tweeted out 
couple things earlier about the yeah. Louisville Bats. Some optimistic things to, to talk about there. MILB, presented by Bedfred Sportsbook. Take it away, Nick. Yeah, the Bats backs were the Bats backs were up against the wall. Uh, they needed to win all three of their final games to have a winning season, and sure enough, they won their last three games uh, over a really good Iowa Cubs team, a team that is going to the playoffs. So it wasn't some scrubs that they were playing, um, and, and they won eight to four today. So really cool to see. That's uh, their first winning season, first season they've even been five hundred since 2011. So that's just really cool to see. And the bats join the lookouts and the dragons as teams that were above 500 this year. So if, if the reds can, can pull out two more wins, you'd have the reds and their top three highest levels of the minors all being above 500 this year. And, and look, minor league win loss record can certainly be deceiving, but nonetheless for an organization that hasn't had a whole lot of minor league winning seasons. Uh, and you couple that maybe with a potential, uh, a winning season in the big leagues. I think that would be a really just cool sign for the future. Um, it's something really to, to, to build off of. But in today's game, uh, Matt McClain was 0 for 2 with the walk before he got pulled, expecting he's going to return on Tuesday. Uh, very interested to see what lineups David Bell rolls out this week. Uh, going to have some interesting decisions to make, uh, whether the Reds are in it or not in it. Uh, but but nonetheless, um, that's what Matt McClain did. Jacob Herdeby. Two for four walks, stole two bases, stole 40, 45 bags this season. Herdeby uh, finishes his minor league season hitting 330 with a 479 on base percentage in 119 games. And then just since he got promoted to AAA, he played 36 games, finished with a 537 on base percentage. So I don't know, TJ Friedel 2.0, we'll see. Uh, Jose Barrow uh, 0 for 3 with uh, two strikeouts in his. Uh, finale and of course I had to put Jason Vossler in here for the finale one for three double walk and stole a bag his third of the year and then uh, one other interesting note Casey Legamina pitched a perfect inning struck out the side I wonder if the Reds will will bring him up he's on the 40-man roster uh, at, at some point this week maybe shuffle one of their other relievers to the IL or just end their season or whatever I don't know however you classify it but he's a guy that I, I could definitely see um, the Reds uh uh, calling up this week and, and just to give you another another option at some point. But that is your final Reds and MILB report presented by Betfred Sportsbook. All right, well, the Reds are off on Monday. The only NL wildcard team in action is the Diamondbacks. They play the Yankees at 105 in the afternoon. It will be Merrill Kelly on the mound for the Diamondbacks against Clark Schmidt. For the Yankees, the game is actually on the MLB Network if you want to check it out. D-backs play every single day this week. Uh, they had a rainout in New York over the weekend. D-backs were actually supposed to be playing the White Sox on Monday, but Major League Baseball moved that game to Thursday, which was supposed to be their off day, something to keep track of. Diamondbacks at 82-73, and 73, holding that second in a wildcard spot. Reds at 80-77. and 77. So really, I mean, if the Reds want any chance to catch the Diamondbacks, they would really need a Diamondbacks loss um, on Monday. Uh, and could make things a little bit more interesting. So kind of feels gross to say, but go Yankees. All right, Reds and Guardians will get underway starting on Tuesday. Quick two-game series in Cleveland. Hunter Green will be on the mound in Game 1. I'll have a new podcast previewing that series tomorrow. That's Tuesday morning. 
Uh, I'll also run through each of the wildcard teams, their schedules for the week, and give you kind of an idea of what the Reds would need to have happen to uh, make that 8% chance somehow become a reality. All right, well, off the bench on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, 10 a.m. to noon. Make sure you check that out. Trace Fowler hosting uh, with the guys. I'm sure they'll be talking about this uh, weekend series for the Reds. Uh, a lot of downs, few ups. I'm sure they'll also be talking about all the NFL action and previewing the Bengals Monday night football games. Be sure to check out Off the Bench 10 a.m. on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. And then, of course, Chatterbox Bengals is on YouTube. They do the same concept that we do with Chatterbox Reds on YouTube. They'll be going live in the fourth quarter for the Bengals Monday night football game uh, tonight. So be sure to check that out. Uh, those guys are doing great work over on Chatterbox Bengals. If you haven't yet, I know so many people have, and I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please leave us a quick five-star review where you're ever listening to this podcast. That kind of stuff really helps us out. And you have all been just incredible uh, helping us grow this show and uh, reaching heights that we never would have expected this year. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate all of you that have listened and uh, uh, interact with us. And it's been a great, great time this uh, season following the Reds. Well, hope that you have a great Monday. We'll talk again tomorrow morning. As always, go Reds.